This episode of The Latest is brought to you by The Latest. It's the 38th most popular comedy interviews program on Apple Podcasts in Romania. To all my listeners, from Bucharest to Transylvania, Bucarete de Spectacol. To everyone else, enjoy the show. It's Monday, December 7. I'm Greg Ott. This is the latest. In a seismic shift for the film industry, Warner Media says its studio will make its 2021 movies available on streaming at the same time they are released in theaters. They say it's temporary, but this could be a huge shift in Hollywood's core business model. It is another blow for movie theaters already struggling in the context of a pandemic that has many of them at low Those voices are discussing movie theaters, the temples of culture where filmmakers like Lars Van Trier explore the human condition on screen. And actors like Paul Rubens explore the human condition from the comfort of the audience. As movie studios prepare to make a major shift from the big screen to the small, film buffs across the world find themselves asking the same question. Does this mean I'll have to start sneaking food into my own living room? One of the world's leading diversified multinational mass media and entertainment conglomerate subsidiaries of the world's largest provider of mobile and fixed telephone services is worried about making money. That's why Warner Brothers has announced plans to release its full slate of 2021 films to movie theaters and the HBO Max streaming service simultaneously. You can either catch Mortal Kombat at the box office or the home box office maximum. It's a bold step towards closing the so-called theatrical window, the long-standing method of film distribution that allows movie theaters to be the exclusive venue for exhibiting the cinematic lights and sound of Sherlock Gnomes before it becomes available to purchase at a gas station. But members of the Hollywood elite aren't taking Warner Brothers' decision lying down, even though the seats recline to a 135-degree angle to elicit a sense of comfort until one realizes the sheer number of public asses that have blessed the drafthouse pleather. Actor Gal Gadot had to negotiate a hefty payday in order for Wonder Woman 1984, a DC Extended Universe film that paints an alternate reality in which a female superhero is granted a sequel, to debut on HBO Max. And representatives for other Warner Brothers talent, like Angelina Jolie, are upset that they didn't receive the same kind of preferential treatment. Perhaps over Christmas break, she'll complain to John Voight, in between the moments where her father and the president are taking turns reenacting that scene from Deliverance. Innovative filmmaker Christopher Nolan also released a powerful statement that many in Hollywood have heard, which means it must not have been a line of dialogue mixed for one of his films, that accused Warner Brothers of dismantling film distribution and dumping movies directly onto what he called the world's worst streaming service. Which isn't exactly fair, because AT&T doesn't own VidAngel, the content-filtering streaming service created by a bunch of Mormons that allows users to remove objectionable content from any movie or TV show in real time. The VidAngel cut of two-time Academy Award-winning actor Robert De Niro's Dirty Grandpa, for instance, omits 27 minutes from the film's running time by censoring scenes that contain blasphemy, immodesty, and vulgar gestures. I call this the world's worst streaming service because if they really wanted to spare the public at large from exposure to garbage, they'd block out Zac Efron's entire filmography. It seems appropriate to me that this decision to the max came the very same week that IKEA announced that it would no longer be printing copies of its annual catalog. 
If you need help picking out a dresser that's going to topple over and crush one of your children, you're going to have to do it online. It also comes a month after Chipotle launched its first Ghost Kitchen, an online ordering only location that lacks the dining room, where you and your coworkers used to pretend you got along over a cheap lunch before returning to the office to trash each other in a private Slack channel. Times change. And while I'm sympathetic to the hordes of ticket-taking teens who will be forced to give up their minimum wage careers and hopefully eke out a living producing branded TikToks to survive, I'm not mourning the cinematic experience offered by a movie theater, any more than I'm mourning the literary event of being hounded to purchase memberships and scones at a Borders, or the equine exposition offered by my local blacksmith, who's gotten way too pushy in trying to upsell me on the rust-proofing for my horse's shoes. Film buffs like Nolan romanticize movie theaters, feeling up the marquee as if it were the girl that turned down their invitation to a screening of Avatar. Sure, there's a bigger screen, but buying a ticket to the AMC Coliseum 45 is not that different than watching a movie on the back of an airplane seat. Everyone around you is talking, the food sucks, and the moment it's over, everyone lines up to share a toilet. To me, this notion of clinging to a nostalgic past speaks to our country's inability to progress. We tie health insurance to employment because that's the way it's always been done. We leave the electoral college in place because it's a cute historic relic. And we try to save coal miners when those very same workers could just as easily kill themselves on the job as a DoorDash courier. Today, you can buy a television that's the size of a studio apartment for the price of the application fee. And you can use it to stream virtually any piece of filmed entertainment ever made. And because that includes anything that's ever featured Johnny Depp, I'm using the term entertainment quite loosely. Don't get me wrong, there's still room for places like the Alamo Draft House, where you're told to shut up unless you're ordering another beer. Because they actually provide a great experience. Just like seeing a concert in person instead of streaming an album. Or watching a live play instead of watching a live musical. I'm not here to praise AT&T for its great artistic integrity. And filmmakers, actors, writers, editors, producers, caterers, and key grips all deserve their fair share for their hard work. But if Martin Scorsese can handle the indignity of being given $160 million to drop The Irishman on Netflix, I think the likes of Don Cheadle and Hans Zimmer can cope with the modern movie-watching experience that allows people to watch the second Space Jam film without having to show their faces in public. And now it's time for the O.J. Simpson Twitter update. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. Hey, Twitter world. This is me, yours truly. Yours truly. My guest today is Genevieve Thiers, an entrepreneur, investor, and political tech trainer. She's also the producer of Run, an unscripted social impact series which just landed on Amazon Prime, and is the author of Tech Yourself, the first ever political tech playbook for candidates running for office. Genevieve, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. On Wednesday... OJ shared an anecdote about a friend hoping to see the election of Joe Biden overturned. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Last night, I had a friend of mine. I try to stay out of politics, but he was calling me, ranting about the election. I had to tell him he needs to stop with all of this crap about a fraudulent election, all this crap about the IRS and the, the CIA, the FBI, uh, you name it. Everybody is crooks as far as he's concerned. I said, you're doing the work of the communists. You're doing the work of, for Putin. You're doing the work for China. Look, man, this is America. 
We're the best country in the world. If you keep saying this crap, what you're doing is down in democracy, down in our government, down in our elected officials, and you need to stop. I'm just saying. Genevieve, what do you think about what OJ had to say? Well, I think he's right that it's pretty embarrassing. Anyone who watched the Giuliani hearings with the people he brought in, I mean, it's it's not making us look great. However, I would say, and it's funny because this is traditionally a Republican argument, I guess anybody can, you know, have freedom of speech to talk about what they think happened at a place, be it a polling place or a McDonald's, right? But I would say that they're wasting a lot of people's time and making America look pretty stupid. Anyone can, in our great country, say whatever they want, but if it's cruel or or wrong, I mean, you're going to look like an idiot. Mm-hmm. And what do you think about OJ? He's a murderer. That's this week's OJ Simpson Twitter update. Genevieve, thanks for joining me. Thank you. <laughs> And that's the latest, written, recorded, produced by Greg Ott. O.J. Simpson Twitter update produced by Christy Forsh. If you like the show, please subscribe and tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. They can do it. It's free. I, I, I implore you. Latestpod.com for transcripts and other information about the show. You can read my bio there. That's interesting. I'm at underscore Greg Ott on Twitter. Yeah, right. See you soon. And by see you soon, I mean hear you soon. And by hear you soon, I mean you'll be hearing me soon. And by hearing me soon, I mean... See you in 20... No, there's another episode coming out next week. Uh, Leave the outro to the professionals, please. Oh.